Friday number 26. And today we are going to talk about special situations verbiage. Uh, meaning, we all take a look at special situations and it's a, it's a great way to win on the margins and how we're going to prepare ourselves for uh, this situation, that situation, so forth and so on. Um, but what I wanted to get into today was creating a verbiage so that when you get into special situations, you can make those adjustments on the fly and your team can immediately adjust to it. Okay, So we all work on as an example, delay game. All right, you're you're up, you're up eight with with one minute left to go, uh, so forth and so on. Okay, uh, but what do you do if um, you know you're you're up two, and and you're uh, and you get a quick layup, and you don't have a chance to call a timeout, or there's no dead ball. You're up two, you get a layup. With with a minute left, the other team comes down and they get a miss, and you get a rebound with 45 seconds left. How can you? What can you do? What is the verbiage that you can do to adjust your special situations on the fly? Is is what I want to talk about here today. All right. So I hope that makes sense to everybody listening. Um, that very situation that we're talking about there, your 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 delay game uh, again without the shot clock. Um, we uh, we would call ours victory. Okay, meaning victory is imminent. If we execute, we're going to win here. All right, so we could call victory right in the middle of a possession. We could have the ball and we say, "Hey, victory now! Let's go victory!" And our kids knew we're either shooting free throws or we are shooting a wide open, uncontested layup. Um, another thing is 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 post coverage. You know, we're covering the post. What are your calls for your post coverage? We're, we're you know, you could say whatever your 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 defense is. Um, you know, I'll just use, well, I'll just use the terminology that we use. We're, we're in our green defense. Okay. Well, what are we going to do in the post? All right. Uh, you could say, well, we're in our green defense. Okay. But we need to make an adjustment on a post player. Right. Well, are we going to, we, we had three levels of post coverage. We had gold, silver, and bronze. All right. Gold meant we were going to double that kid as soon as they got the touch. Uh, we thought, you know, that's the highest compliment we can get. We don't want to give that post player a chance to score in any way, shape, or form. Silver, and this is the hardest one to do, we're going to double as soon as they would start to dribble, okay? Um, and and I was only able to, I'll be honest with you, I was only able to do that with, with really one team and really only one player. And, and that's because she was a special player. Uh, she was the kid that we had uh, doubled down on the post, and she was the only one that could really do it. And then bronze is hey we're just gonna we're just gonna play this kid one on one okay so we had gold silver bronze and we could call hey all right hey we gotta we gotta start gold in number thirty four here gold thirty four from here on out okay and and our kids knew what that meant we could make that adjustment without having to call a timeout or waste a timeout or wait till a quarter break okay um, if we needed to full deny. A player we called it our Nelson defense okay we're we're in green but we're Nelson on number 20 uh, that name came from a gal uh, named Renee Nelson who torched us for I think she had like 37 on us one night and I said that's never gonna happen again and it didn't really and you know until Jordan Hooper scored 47 on us uh, during the third place game uh, back in 2010 still in the record book so still got that record um, Fire. What are you going to do if you need to foul? Okay. 
Um, if you, I honestly think if, if you start yelling out, foul, foul, hey, we got a foul, we got a foul. Now the officials are probably looking more for the intentional foul. And I, in, in my mind, when you're yelling out foul, as opposed to something else, and we would yell fire, hey, fire, fire, you know, thinking, you know, fire in a theater. It's an emergency. We got to take care of this right now. Um, that was our thought process. Um, and, and maybe that had nothing to do with it. Maybe, maybe it did, maybe it didn't, but we weren't going to take that chance. And if we could use something else and again, adjust on the fly, that's what we wanted to do. Okay. Here's some other situations and verbiage, uh, to discuss it, to go over with your team. We, we talk about, um, with our, you know, we go through special situations and, and everybody does it. But have you talked to your team before you get into the special situation? I.e., um, have you talked to your team about your timeout philosophy and how you want to use timeouts? Okay. I was a, a, a timeout hoarder and I would tell my teams, I don't want to use timeouts. I want to force the other team to call the first timeout of the game. That's big. Okay. Um, I want to use at most one timeout in the first three quarters. I want to go into the fourth quarter with four timeouts, uh, if at all possible. I think that timeout is more important than saving that possession in the second quarter. Now, it depends, again, it depends on the scenario. It depends on the situation. If the other team's on a 6-0 run and they've got you in a good trap and you can feel the momentum turning, you got to use the timeout. But I always felt like, and, and, and Coach Wooden talked about this, and, and let me be clear, I am not comparing myself to Coach Wooden. But Coach Wooden say, would say, you know, if I have to call a timeout, I felt like it was a, a moment of weakness that we had lost um, our training and our composure, and that shouldn't happen. And, then I, and in many ways, I agreed with that. Um, we need to learn how to play through it. Uh, what is your timeout organization? Okay, if you've got a 30-second timeout, you need to use as much of that 30-second timeout as you possibly can. And if you're spending 10 to 12 seconds uh, of, of every 30-second timeout just figuring out who's in the game, where are we going, what's going on here, um, you're, you're losing valuable time to help your team. Okay, so you need to work on organizing your timeouts during practices, whether they're 30-second timeouts or whether they're 60-second timeouts or quarter breaks. Uh, Don Meyer coined the term running timeout, okay? And you need to work on this in practice. Hey, there's a foul. Come over here real quick. We got five to seven seconds here. All right, hey, we got to start golden on number 34 here. All right, get the, uh, Jess, you're golden on 34. All right, go and hey, get back in there. And you work on that in practice. Now you don't have to burn. Again, you don't have to wait for the quarter break. You don't have to burn one of your timeouts. You get it done. You get it taken care of. All right, practicing your end of quarter situations. Um, talk to your team about that. Okay, we've got the ball. There's 25 seconds left. And we're holding for the last shot. Well, when is the last shot? Okay, uh, Coach Meyer always recommended shoot it with six seconds left. Uh, you shoot it with six. It takes about a second and a half, depending on where you're shooting it from, to to go up there. It's coming off the rim at four and a half to four. By the time if you get a rebound, you've got three seconds. You've got a chance to put it back in. If your opponent gets the rebound, three seconds is awful hard to go ninety four feet. Um, talk to your teams about situational substitutions. And I think that's good to, to tell your team and, and that you're up front with that. 
but if you put me in a situation, we have to take advantage of it. So if you don't want to be just a defensive substitution, then work on your game in the offseason. Work on your skill level. Work on your ball handling. Work on your free throw th- shooting. Uh, things like that, okay? Um, and I think you got to be open and upfront about that. Um, I think there's some other areas that you need to sit down and talk to your team about, okay, before you even get into that spot. And I think, you know, a lot of us practice uh, 30 seconds left, we're down one ball on the side, or, or 45 seconds left, we're up two, ball is under our opponent's basket. What are we, you know, what are we doing here? Uh, how many of us go into uh, teaching our team, pre-teaching our team, um, for the three-minute mark onward okay so and again most of the folks that listen to this are high school coaches I think there's two separate games I think there's the first 29 minutes and then there's the last three minutes and I think you have to address those situations differently um have you talked to your team this is what I would like to see us do if we're up by by five or more with three minutes left to go here's the way we need to start thinking about the situation um if we are ahead by five or more going into the last three minutes. Here are three or four defensive options that we're looking at. We may run our soft black press. We may run our straight white press. We may run our blue press, whatever that may be, okay? Um, And to emphasize, before you even get in that situation, if, if we're up six with two and a half minutes left to go and the other team's got the ball, the most important thing that we could do is get possession back of the basketball without them scoring, you know, and go through those situations and explain to your team so that you know they know what you're thinking even before you get there most times. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't say, hey, you know what, let's let's see what we could do here like this. It's You know, normally we'd run soft black, but let's run our regular black press and see what happens here. Um, depending on the scenario, okay? Uh, what is your, uh, and, and the same thing if you're, if you're trailing by five or more going into that three minute mark, okay? Um, what is going to be your philosophy? What do we need to do? Um, here's what, here's what I'm thinking kids. And, and here's what matches up well with our personnel. Also, what are, what are we thinking if, if we're trailing, what are we going to do defensively? Okay. Now, instead of going our soft black press, maybe we're going to run our black T press, or maybe we're going to go with our white X press or something like that. Okay. Um, again, before you get into that situation, uh, discuss with your team, you're up by one to three points, but the other team's got the basketball. Uh, a big one. Are you going to foul if you're up three with 10 to 12 seconds left to go? Um, you know, those type of things. Talk with your team. And, and while we have, uh, you know, a little bit extra time, now is a great opportunity for you as a coach to start scratching out your philosophy and start thinking ahead. As, as I believe it was Coach Frischella said, you need to make pressure decisions before you get into pressure situations. And so just some ideas of some ways that you can use verbiage and uh, teaching and some ideas with your teaching to use before you get into those special situations, before that pressure hits next season. Uh, thanks for listening today. Obviously, if you are listening, you're on iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, like, rate, review. Uh, push this out to other folks that are like-minded that you think might be interested in something like a pen and a napkin. Follow us on Twitter, a pen and a napkin. And also, 
Uh, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or ideas, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Uh, this has been Special Situations Burbage. This has been Foundation Friday number 26. Uh, coaches, stay safe, and as always, be sure to hone your craft one day at a time.